following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, what's going on, church family? It's Sunday! The best day of the week. We're all together, though we can't drink the water. We're all together. We can boil the water. At least we don't have to pour uh, snow, melt snow and pour it in the toilets to be able to flush them, okay? So if you're frustrated by that, then just think about this time last year and just realize we got it pretty good. We're doing okay. We're going to get through all of the cold. Y'all, it was it's 32 degrees outside. I don't know, like, the last time I've preached a message and it's literally freezing outside. Like, I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't born in Austin, Texas to preach in freezing weather. I'm not sure that we should, what, I don't know. It's going to be, what, 60 degrees later on today or high 50s. You got to love Austin, Texas. And listen, if you, if you don't sign up for marriage night after hearing it from Pastors Rex and Patty, and then in the video announcements, I'm just telling you, you need to come to our marriage. It's going to be so much fun, y'all. It's going to be a time to grow together, laugh together, but uh, we're going to dive into the Word of God and what, what I feel like um, the Lord has uh, placed on my heart today to share goes right along with, with this theme. We are in February, which means... Uh, it's kind of the love month, so just a quick tip, if you haven't started thinking about or started figuring out what you're going to purchase, please tell me some of you know where I'm going. <laughs> like Valentine's Day is right around the corner. It's getting real close. Get your iPhone out, get your daytime, write it down, circle it. I don't know what, if you need to make a dinner reservation, get to open table right now. I'll give you two minutes. <laughs> open your phone, get your app out. But we're going to dive right in, and we're in, in week two of a series that we started last week called Gaining Ground, and we talked about first thing we got to do is stand strong. The second thing that we, ha- we learned last week is that we got to hold on to the sword, and we talked about the sword of the Spirit, and then we got to let go of the lies of the enemy. And I, I want to dive in today to an area specifically where I feel like uh, all of us would be better if we gained ground in this area. And, and honestly, it's an area that uh, I feel like uh, a lot of us struggle in. Maybe not consistently struggle in, but, but there's periods of time where we, where we struggle. And so, Today, we're going to get our feet planted in this area. We're going to stand strong in this area uh, because if we don't, it is an area where the enemy can begin to gain ground in your life and in the life of your family. And so today, we're talking about gaining ground in your relationships. Well, that sweetheart that's sitting next to you. We're talking about growing together and together gaining ground, moving towards what God has for us together as a couple. And so, listen, if you're married, this is for you. If you're single 
and you hope to be married one day or you want to be in a relationship, this is for you. If you have been married for 37 and a half years, this is for you. Because here's what I know, if, if you're newly married, you probably don't know this yet. And if, you're, if you've been married 15 years, you know this, but sometimes you don't do it. And then if you've been married for 37 years, right, sometimes we think we got it all figured out and we grow into a rut and we just grow comfortable with doing life together. But here's what I know, in whatever stage you're in, God has more for you as a couple. God's got more for you in your relationship with the person that he has placed you in your life with. And so I'm going to tell you all this. I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff. We're going to open up the word of God. But at the very end, I'm leading you all to one, one specific area that will be a game changer in your relationship or in your marriage. And so to start off, ladies, I just I want to give you a little insight into your man. You're welcome. All the men are so nervous right now. They're like, what is this guy about to say? Hey, let, let me give you the, the first thing that you need to understand about us men, ladies. It's this, is that we don't like to be wrong. Ladies, this is not your time to amen. Don't amen right now. The second thing that you need to understand, and by the way, me saying this is not saying that we're right. Please, I'm just letting you know how many of us are wired. Here's the second one, is that we don't like to be told what to do. I'm not saying it's right, I'm just saying how it is. And we especially don't like to be told uh, what to do when another man stands behind a pulpit and tries to tell us how to deal with our relationships. And today, I just happen to be that man and I'm sorry. And I apologize in advance. Honestly, probably wouldn't be on the top of my list of things to do either, to sit in the audience and to have somebody tell me what I'm doing wrong in my relationship. But, but that's not where I'm coming from today. That, that is not my heart. It's not about what you're doing wrong. It's about how we can grow together in the things that God has for us. And so here's the third thing. Here's the third thing that you have to understand, ladies, about us men, is that we men want our wives to think that we have all of the great ideas, that it was our idea, that we were smart enough to come up with this plan for our family, that it, we were the ones that designed all of this. Now, now, let me share with you fellas what the ladies know about these three things that I just shared with you. Okay, so here's the first thing, men. Uh, the lady in your life she knows that you're wrong most of the time. The second thing is that they know that we desperately need somebody for us to tell us what to do. And we wouldn't need another man to tell us what to do if we would just listen to them. This is what your, your wife knows about you, sir. And finally... Our wives know that our greatest ideas were their ideas. They just let us think that we came up with this idea. They just let us there and like, oh, you're, yeah, honey, that's so great. How did you come up with that? I don't even know. Uh, wow, you're so smart. They came up with it. They just let us feel like a man. 
So now that we're all scared to death, let's proceed with the message today. But here's what I know. You're not bored yet. You may get bored in a minute, but you're, you're not bored yet. And so before I give you this one thing towards the end of our time together today, I got to lay some groundwork and I got to give you some context so that you understand how important this one thing really, really is. And to do that, I want to start with this one phrase that I think we all have to get a handle on if we want to gain ground in our relationships. And it's the word, it's the phrase mutual submission. Now, I'm not talking about an MMA hold where we're like choking somebody out. This is, this is not where we're going. But, but mutual submission is one of the most powerful dynamics in a relationship that there is. And what, what do I mean by uh, mutual submission? In, in a relationship, it means that, that I'm here for you and that you are here for me. You're going to see a little diagram on the screens, but, but what it means is, is that I defer to you and to your happiness, and you defer to me and to my happiness. I, I defer to what you need and what you want, and you defer to what I need and what I want. No, honey, you go first. No, sweetheart, you go first. Where do you want to go? To? I don't know. I don't care where I want to eat. Where do you want to eat, sweetheart? Mutual submission. In other words, in mutual submission, I want to submit my authority, my power, my resources, and my time to the happiness of the person that God has placed in my life, and she wants to do the same for me. Both people submitting to each other, and it's a beautiful and a powerful thing in a relationship. And I didn't make this up. This isn't something that I just dreamed up one night. No, it's, it's actually found in the Word of God. Jesus would model this. It's the heart of the Christian message, in fact. Uh, the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, he, he introduces us to this idea of what it looks like before he, he really even breaks down the couple's role. He kind of gives you an overarching theme of what this is supposed to look like in Ephesians chapter 5. This is, this is what he would say. Submit to one another. Not because each one of you are amazing. No, that's not why. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I know this isn't like this amen-y sermon today, but I'm telling you, what, what we're going to discuss today can radically change the way that you are living your life with your spouse. If you want to be happier... Let's apply some of these principles today. If, if you want joy, if you want to just do more than just be roommates. Come on, that's, that's not the life that God intended for you to live with your spouse. To come home and just be bored another night. No, no, no. He's given you a wonderful mate and brought you two together for an amazing purpose and an amazing reason. And so let's make the most of it. The older I get, the more I understand that, that our time here on earth is limited. Come on, make the most. Let's together make the most and gain the most ground with the time that we've been given here on earth. And so he gives us this overarching theme of submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And here's, here's the crazy part about this is that, that when the specifics are, when it's taken out of context is when people get in all kinds of trouble. 
big trouble with this scripture. And this is a fun scripture. Let, let's continue. This is good. You're going to love this one. He says, wives, here's what it looks like for you. Don't you love it when the word of God talks directly to you? He said, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, what it doesn't say is submit yourself to all men. No, that's not what it says. It says to your own husband as you do to the Lord. Now, husbands love this verse. Yes, honey. Did you read the word of God? I haven't read it in a year, but that's the scripture I know. Just kidding. That, that, was, a, that, was, a, that was a bad dig. That's your wife calling answer. This is okay. This is a good time to answer. And husbands love this. And when, when somebody tries to bring this up, I'm like, shh, sh- just be really, really quiet. This was not written to you, sir. This was written to your wife. So let her deal with this because uh, you're about to get dealt with too. Let's watch. Husbands, love your wives. Now that's great. And that should be all that we need. But watch what it continues to say. As Christ loved the church. That is an extremely high standard. For those of you that were wondering. For men that liked the scripture before. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. How far did Jesus take his love for the church? He died for the church. So men... The bar for you is extremely high. And wives love that verse. Hey, honey, uh, did you read the one after? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shh, that one's not directed to you either. It's directed to him. So don't throw it in his face. Let him work it out. And when husbands and wives in a relationship understand that the goal isn't to gain power or to one-up the other person, rather the goal is to gain ground together, it's some, like the, the goal is to take what God has given me in, in the time that I have and the resources that I have or, or the talent or whatever it is that I, I bring into the relationship and I defer and I submit to my, my spouse and she to me. Then we have a relationship of mutual submission. And this is a, such an incredible dynamic, but, but it doesn't end here and it doesn't stop here. Because we've got the God factor in the equation. So I want to show you this picture of what it looks like now that God has entered into the equation of your relationship. So we, we've got God at the top and then we've got our husband and our wives on the corner of this, this powerful triangle. And the idea is, is that these two people submit to one another. We put the other person first as we each submit to the authority of our Heavenly Father. Submitting to God and submitting to one another, serving each other. And here's the powerful part about this, is that we are ultimately 
accountable to God to how we do this. Submitting to one another as we each submit to God. Now, now this is, this is where it gets hard. Because to do this effectively, and, and this is going to help you today, to do this effectively, it requires a massive dose of one word. Humility. Humility. Mutual submission requires a huge amount of humility. And here's the tough part for some of us today, is that humility does not come natural. It doesn't. As much as you would like for it to, it doesn't. You know what comes natural? Self-preservation. Guarding my wounds. Defending myself. Guarding my insecurities. But, but humility <laughs> does not come natural. And so, you, you, let's, let's take the, watch this dynamic at work. Okay, so you walk into a situation and you meet a person for the first time. And they are humble. It's not all about them, right? What do you walk away saying? Man, we could be friends, right? When, when it's not all self-centered, when it's not all about me and what I've done, but, but you walk in and you walk away like, man, they just added value to my life. Like they were so, like it wasn't all about what they've done, but then let's flip the script. You walk into a room and you shake hands with somebody and you meet somebody that is extremely arrogant. Like I, you walk away thinking, and this is awful, but I have had this, this thought numerous times, the Lord is not done with me. But the, the thought crosses my mind that if I never have to spend another moment with you, I would be okay because of the way that you carry yourself. You are arrogant. You think you know. You think you are God's gift to every answer on this planet. Have you ever met people like that? If you haven't, maybe you. No, no, it's not you. It's not you. You, you see what I'm talking about, though? You don't like to be around arrogant people. You like to be around humble people, people that possess humility. I'm not talking about weakness. I'm talking about humility. This is the dynamic at work here. To have an incredible relationship, it requires a massive dose of humility. Look what James chapter 3 says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Who is, who is wise among you? What is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is making decisions in the light of reality. Wisdom is, is making a decision based on where I want to be tomorrow. Wisdom says that, that I'm making a decision today based upon what I know from the past and where I want to go in the future. It takes all the context into account. Who is wise among you? Let them show it in humility that comes from wisdom. And so in other words, whenever, whenever you meet a person that lacks humility, they also lack wisdom. Because wisdom says, I'm open to the fact 
that I might be wrong. When's the last time you got into an argument? With, I know you're Christians and I know you don't argue with your spouse. I know. But just say you were to. When's the last time that you, you went into that argument, into that tiff? We won't even call it arguing. Oh, we just, we just had a moment. Oh, did you? Yeah. Why that moment lasts for 48 hours? That's more than a moment. But when's the last time you went into that with the mindset, the real mindset, not just made up, no, 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 but the real thought that I might not be right in this? Because when you go into it, I'm right, it's my way. Whenever you meet a person that lacks humility, you meet somebody that lacks wisdom. James 3 and 14, it would continue and say, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Watch this. Such, and wisdom is in quotes here. It's not real wisdom. Such wisdom, it's arrogance. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find, and if maybe this describes your relationship, and we're going to gain some ground in this area today, but there you find disorder and every evil practice. Here's what envy is. Envy is the manifestation of all of our insecurities. And James starts to weave all of this throughout the pages of scripture, and he says none of that stuff comes from God. None of it comes from above. It creates chaos, and it creates disorder, and every evil practice in your relationship. But verse 17 says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, and considerate. Don't you love the word considerate? Let's talk about that for a moment. This is powerful. What does considerate mean? It means that I defer to you. And you defer to me. It's considerate. Oh, oh no, sweetheart. Let's do it your way. No, no, no. Let's no, no, really. Considerate is no, you first. No, go ahead, sweetheart. It's yours, really. I was only here for the last 30 minutes, but go ahead. No, for real. I've only been brushing my teeth for 30 years before we got married, and now you're telling me that I have to put the toothpaste, the cap back on. That's okay. You first. Whatever, whatever works. Have you noticed this? Well, this, is, this is amazing. If you find yourself in argument after argument after argument, and it has to be genuine. This has to be genuine mutual submission, but it's impossible to argue with people that when you say, that they come into an argument and say, you know what? I might not be right. You know what it does? If you, tomorrow, when something goes wrong and you blame him or her, and you walk into that room and you're just ready to, oh, let's go. (laughs) 
What if you went into it with the mindset, I might not be right. What if you said those words to your spouse? First of all, your spouse would probably faint. <laughs> I might not be right. Wow. That is, that's humility. So James is saying, he says, listen, there is a humility that comes from heaven. And there is a wisdom that's attached to the humility that comes from heaven. But the only way to have the humility that comes from heaven and the wisdom attached to that humility is to understand that there is a God above you in heaven who you are ultimately accountable to as you submit yourselves to each other. That is the way that you gain this wisdom is that you have to understand that you're not the smartest person in the relationship. That you're not the most powerful thing to ever walk into the human race. That you don't have all the answers. That you don't know exactly how to win every argument. No, no, no. You are ultimately accountable to your heavenly Father from where your wisdom comes from. And that needs to be reflected in the way that you defer, in the way that you treat the people in your life. In our case today, the man or the woman of your dreams. So how does this look like? Let me just give you some really quick practical things today. What does this look like relationally? Here, here's the first one. This is so big, y'all. We like to hold grudges in relationships. Not me, but Cassidy. She does. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Here's the first thing. When I realize that I'm wrong, admit it. Why can't we do that? Sweetheart, I missed it. I'm so sorry. I don't even have a good reason why. I just absolutely missed it. Second thing, relationally, here's what it looks like. When you confront me with the fact that I might be wrong, seriously consider it. Don't be so prideful, but have a moment of humility that says, you know what? I might not be right in this moment. And I love you. And I've loved you for the last 20 years. And I've trusted you in a lot of different areas. And you've, you've led us, sweetheart, both ways. And so if you're saying I might be wrong, I owe it to you to say, you know what? You might be right. And so here's the third thing. Is that when God has shown you that you're wrong, that I'll embrace it. And I'll work to gain ground in this area of my life. Whether that's being more attentive, whether that's sharing more about your day, whether that's showing him or her more attention, whatever that looks like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seriously consider it, but then I'm gonna work to embrace it and to do what God is calling me to do to gain ground in this area. So now, I told you all of that to get you to this one thing that I want you to understand today. This one thing that I 
wholeheartedly believe can revolutionize your relationship. And I want to share it with you today. If you want to gain serious ground in your relationship, and it sounds, here, here's the thing with simple things, is that the smallest things are most often the most powerful things, but so often they're overlooked because you're looking for the next greatest thing. Here's, here's the thing. Here it is. If you want to gain ground in your relationships, in your marriage, you have to pray together, watch, out loud on a regular basis. Oh, Pastor Brad, come on. Give me something. Give me like, oh, I need no. Pray together, out loud, consistently. Pray together, out loud, consistently. I'm not, some of you men are like, bro, I got this. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. (laughs) Day by day by day. By day, this is not the, the meet the Fockers or <laughs> prayer. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm talking about. Here's what, listen, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that awkward, I'm not good at this. I don't really know what to say. I know, I know this is a personal thing. I didn't grow up in a home where we did this. This is a bit uncomfortable for me. And I know maybe we did it, but then we got busy when we had kids and things and life got in the way. You are, you are the love of my life. You're my spouse. God has, has blessed us with each other. But let's, let's fight through the awkward uncomfortableness at the beginning and look at each other. And pray together out loud on a regular basis. There's several studies that have been done, and from what I've read, Christian couples, anywhere from 8 to 11% of Christian couples say that they pray together. Wow. In a world where divorce, the divorce rate is over 50%, Dr. Phil actually used this study in one of his books And the study reported this, that among couples that pray together, the divorce rate is about 1 in 10,000. You, 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 you want something to solidify your relationship. I'm not against counseling. I'm not do all of that stuff. But before you do all of that, Get together with him or her and pray together and just see what God will do. And I know, I know, I know, 
I know that it may be uncomfortable if you're new at this or even if you've been at church in your whole life, but this is not something you've ever done with each other. You've had your own private prayer time. I know even for you, it may be extremely uncomfortable and it may be extremely awkward. And so I want to give you some tips to get started just real quickly as we end our time together today. Here's the first thing, sir. Here's the first thing, ma'am. Short and awkward is better than long and flawless. He or she doesn't need a King James prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, for me. like your voice drops. <laughs> Using these and thous and no. Be vulnerable. Come on, let's be vulnerable for a moment. And say, you know what, I, I, sweetheart, I don't know exactly how this is going to come out. I mean, I pray, but with you, I, I, we haven't really done this, but, but I'm going to do my best in this moment. Hallelujah. Lord, bless my wife today. Yeah. Woo. I'm getting emotional just thinking about that. Lord, I thank you for what you've given us. Amen. Yeah. Whatever, it, just, just start, open the door to this. Here's the second tip. Pray with each other, not at each other. Lord, help John to be a better dad. No. <laughs> he may need that, but this is not the moment for that. Here's the third one. If you have kids, come on, I can't tell you, I can't stress to you the power of this. If you have kids... Pray together, and pray together with your children out loud on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be every night at 730 where we bow down at the edge of the bed and, dear Lord, no. I don't know what it looks like for you on the way to school every morning. Or maybe it's through a text message because your, your kids are grown and you don't get the opportunity to talk to them every day. I don't know what that looks like, but if you have kids, come on, pray with your kids. Pray with your spouse on a regular basis. Just start. Would you stand with me? I got to let you get to the restaurant. With your spouse, hand in hand. Now, now let me tell you this. I'm tell some of y'all, if you cannot leave right now, this just... Because you're a mature audience today, I'm going to choose my words wisely here. Because you're a mature audience, I want to give you one last piece of wisdom. Praying together is intimate. Now stay with me. Why? Because prayer is intimate. It's between you and God. It's this moment for you to be vulnerable where you express your heart and your thoughts, however you, however you talk to him. And, I, and I'm not making a promise, so don't at me. This is just, just call it a hunch, okay? Just call it a hunch. Don't be surprised. Is a, a, as you develop a greater spiritual intimacy through prayer, out loud together, if it does not enhance 
your physical intimacy. Now, some of y'all are like, why didn't you just start there? And I'm not trying to bribe you. I'm just telling you the way that it works. And I don't have time to dive into uh, the scripture behind this, but there are, are instances in the New Testament where the writer talks about spiritual intimacy and physical intimacy on exchangeable terms. I'm tell- something happens in a lot of different areas of your life when you will grab her hand and you say, sweetheart, listen, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how this is going to sound. But I want you to know that as we mutually submit to one another, that we are ultimately accountable to our Heavenly Father. And I don't, it ain't going to be pretty, babe. But we're going to pray together. And then when you do the same with Him... It just, it's amazing what it creates. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful and a powerful thing. And so as we're in the room today, I want to pray over you. I know that this may not have changed your marriage right now, but if you start, I'm telling you, if you start to implement this stuff in your relationships, that a message can change the way that you treat your spouse, and it can change the course of your relationship and so if you're in the room today and your significant other is here with you I don't know what it looks like I don't need anybody making out in church don't do that but maybe put your arm around them maybe just squeeze their hand I want to pray over you today I want to pray that God would use the two of you to gain every piece of ground that he's calling you to gain that there would be there would not be any ground. There would not be uh, just a, there, no acre would be left unconquered. So, Lord, we love you today. God, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the relationships and the people that you have brought together. Lord, the way that you bring us as humans together with one another is the craziest that people could come from all walks of life and find each other and fall in love. It is a God thing. And Lord, if I know anything, I know that the enemy is out to divide the homes. And if he can get a foothold into our relationship, he has a foothold and an open door into so many different areas of our life. And so today, Lord, I pray for every relationship in this room whether they're dating relationships or whether they've been married for 50 plus years, God, I pray that you would be with them today. That today would not just be another another average normal day, but you would do something special in their lives. That you would do something special in their relationships today. That we will mutually submit to one another because we are accountable to you. And today, Lord, we choose to pray out loud together. And Lord, we're excited about what you're going to do when we implement this, this one thing into our relationship. Bless us. Keep your hand on us, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for the Lord today? Thank you, Jesus. Hey, so here's your homework before you leave today. Here's your homework. That tonight or whatever that looks like for you, 
It doesn't matter who initiates it, that's not the big deal. But we're going to start today. We're going to start this week. We're going to give it a week and just see what happens. We're going to pray together out loud and just see what God will do. Hey, we're so glad that you came to church today. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you right back here on Wednesday night. Now go sign up for life groups. Fill them up. God bless you. Thank you.